episode five of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them. And if you can't guess what we do on the podcast, I don't really know what to tell you. Figure it out. Yep. Uh, today. Well, actually, first first things first, uh, my name is Andrew, and I am the host of this here show. I'm joined by Becca. The wife. I feel like I say that every week. So you have I guess, said it every week. I guess that's just my... That's all you are now. I'm I'm the wife. You're just the wife. Yep. That's all I contribute. (laughs) And Sid. Hello. Not Not the wife. Not my wife. No. Yes. I mean, to be clear, Becca's my wife. Yes. So we're just all on the same page. (laughs) Really just the wife of the podcast. She's the podcast wife. Yes. She makes us cookies. Makes us cookies. Never done that. Nope. (laughs) I'm a bad wife. She did go grocery shopping today. It's true. I did. So. But not for cookies. Uh, today, nope. we will be discussing Django Unchained, starring... Um, I was going to make a joke here, but I totally <laughs> just spaced it on his name. <laughs> Gosh darn it, this is going to bug me. What's his I'm name? I'm just going to let you hang there. Jonah Hill. <laughs> Django Unchained starring Jonah Hill. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Great movie came out in 2012. Running time of two hours and 45 minutes. That's a long wow. one. That was long. I I'm didn't gonna, realize it was that long. I'm gonna do this for Becca's sake. Let's see here. Oh no! I know <gasps> what you're doing. <laughs> Blade Runner. <laughs> I do it. 2049 has a runtime of two hours and 44 minutes. So. <laughs> And what was Django Unchained again? Two hours and 45 minutes. Oh. See, I do like long movies. There you go. Django Unchained, also known as the movie that just gosh darn refuses to end. (laughs) Um, But not in a bad way. It's not like episode or Lord of the Rings 3 style, (laughs) which is pretty bad. True. But at least that one won Best Picture. Um, So today we're going to be talking about Django Unchained. We are going to be full spoilers from the beginning. This is the second newest movie that we've ever talked about on the podcast. Is it really? Yeah. Jeez. Because Hereditary Next obviously Hereditary. would be <laughs> the newest. I just didn't realize we were doing a whole bunch of old ones. Not that super old. I mean, this is only Older. six years old now. Um, but yeah, so Django Unchained, directed by Quentin Tarantino, starring Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kelly Washington, and Jonah Hill. Samuel L. Jackson. Too. Samuel L. Jackson has a bigger <laughs> role than Jonah Hill. <laughs> um, let's see here. It won. I'm looking here. It won two Oscars, both well deserved. Uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role for Christoph Waltz in his portrayal of Dr. King Schultz. And the best writing original screenplay, Quentin Tarantino. He wrote it. Wow. Jeez. Talented writer. Nominated for Best Picture, Cinematography, and Sound Editing. So there we go. Should have won all of them. So uh, let's see here. So uh, we we always start the movie out with some hot takes. We go around the table. Uh, Before we started watching this one, and we were we were getting ready. I was making some hot dogs. Becca was making a disgusting mess of vegetables. It was delicious. Um, I said to her. You don't know what you're getting yourself into with this one. <laughs> was I right? You were right. Man, if I could go back in time to what my life was like before I see this movie, 
I wouldn't want to, but <laughs> have, have things just changed that much for you? Oh yeah, my my film experience has changed in the last two hours and forty five minutes. It's quite the movie. Yeah. So you liked it? Yes, I did. All right. Are we going with hot takes right now? Hot takes. Man, I just I just don't even know where to start. Literally, I went into this movie knowing nothing, never seen it before. That's probably the best way to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's just been sitting on our shelf all year, and Andrew keeps saying, let's watch Django Unchained, and we never do. And then literally right as the movie ended, I was like, why haven't we seen this before? Um, it's not my fault. Can I just say that like the entire movie is my hot take? Is that... <laughs> Can I do that? Well, a hot take is a, <laughs> a, a shortened opinion, so I just, you liked it then? <laughs> I definitely liked it. I just, like, was so blown away. I've never laughed so much at such, like, cheesy gore, but it wasn't cheesy. Like, I mean, it was it's definitely cheesy <laughs> gore, but, like, it just fit, and it was hilarious, and... I don't even know if I've laughed that much, like genuinely laughed that much in a movie ever and just like completely enjoyed every minute of it. Like it was definitely a ride for sure. So I would say, I guess that's my first, my hot take. All right. Uh, Sid, if, if you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you said that you'd seen this on clear play. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, can you explain for the folks out there that might not know what ClearPlay is? Yeah. Um, so ClearPlay is just, it's like an editing system, which just takes out all the R-rated content. Um, you know, all the Mormons loved it. Um, so how long was this movie when you saw it I on ClearPlay? I don't even remember. I The only thing I remember is in the big shootout in the mansion, you just see, <laughs> you just see Christoph Waltz pull out the gun. It just like kind of stops for a second while it's like skipping over and then it just cuts and everything is red there's just <laughs> blood everywhere <laughs> and that might be kind of entertaining to see it, you know remembering it it was pretty funny but i mean i gotta like say a seven out of ten short film i think if you <laughs> saw this on Clearplay. <laughs> but i gotta say the full version is much better um boy i like yeah i've seen this before i was younger so i didn't really wasn't really paying attention too much to it but boy, this movie was so good. I loved every minute of it. Like like we said, it's a long movie, but you really don't think about how long it is. I mean, in some movies, it's you kind of get to the middle and it starts to drag, but this one, it was just wild ride the whole time. I loved it. Um, music was great. Acting was great. I didn't know there was that much blood in one human body. <laughs> There's not. I, that's what I figured. I was like, hmm. I don't think so. I don't think that happens when <laughs> someone gets shot. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Tarantino more than we do. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, that's my hot take. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll be the first to say I'm a I'm a bad film person um, because I feel like film people are supposed to like have seen all of Tarantino's movies, and I haven't. Mm. Um, I've actually only seen uh, Pulp Fiction. Inglorious Bastards and this before. I've only seen this and Inglorious Bastards. So Same we're now. bad. We're bad film people, oh, and no. that's all right. Um, Are we allowed to have a podcast if we haven't seen all of his movies? No, I really do feel like I get in. I get in trouble a lot at work for not having seen Reservoir Dogs specifically, but mm. um, 
Yeah, I feel like we need to watch Reservoir Dogs and like Kill Bill, all that. We'll get there though. Point being, I've seen this movie a couple times, and I got Sean love it. I love this movie so much, um, and I forget how much I love it every time I see it, and then I remember, and it's amazing. But I mean, even having just seen uh, those three Tarantino films, I think that the same things stand out in this one that stand out in those, and I would assume would stand out in his other movies, and that's the characters and the dialogue. He has this ability to create these just like totally off the wall, but incredible characters. And I just, he makes me wish that Christoph Waltz was in every movie ever. Like I just <laughs> name me a movie and throw Christoph Waltz in there. And I feel like it would become better. Oh, you actually. Yeah. Name <laughs> any movie. Uh, the most recent Beauty and the Beast live action. Throwing Christoph Waltz is the dad. Oh, okay. You cast him as Belle's dad. Right, I can see that. Come on. <laughs> I'm on fire Finding here. Finding Dory. Finding Dory? Cast him as Dory. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about Ellen? Um, but no, for real. I um, And then the, the dialogue. And he's got this, again, I would assume this is consistent across all of his movies, but his ability to craft opening sequences that just, like, launch you into these worlds. Because um, there's, I mean, the one in Pulp Fiction is, like, super famous where... They bust into the apartment, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta do, and they find the briefcase with the light on in it. Mm -hmm. and, um, Samuel Jackson steals the guy's cheeseburger and, like, <laughs> just ridiculous. And then um, Inglorious Bastards, um, again, probably the single best screenplay written in the last 15 or so years. <laughs> um, that opening sequence when they're hidden in the floorboards and, and all that good stuff. Um, but then this one, the freaking the gosh darn carriage comes out of the night with a freaking tooth <laughs> on a spring. <laughs> and like the way that he's talking, like he's he's like condescending, but not in a way that they would get that he's being condescending. And I just I don't know. I can't I can't handle it. It's too good. But um, yeah, so those are the things that stand out most to me about this film are, are the dialogue and the characters. And he just he just keeps them coming. Like, you would think that after coming up with such great characters that he would want to just be like, here they are. But it's like he gives you uh, Schultz, and then he gives you Django, um, and then he gives you uh, Candy, and then he gives you Steven, and then he gives you, um, what's her name, from Hilda. Like, he just keeps rolling out these incredible characters across the course of the movie. Like, to the point where it's almost like halfway through before Leo even comes into the movie. Mm -hmm. Exactly 63 minutes. Was that a... Uh, that was a trivia was said a trivia for you. item? Mm -hmm. Great. Um, so, yeah, it's just awesome. So, that's my hot take on it. Yeah, I remember... In the beginning scene when the carriage comes in with the tooth on top and Freaking I just start tooth. chuckling and I just I didn't realize that that would be the first chuckle of many throughout the whole movie I don't know I just I don't know I, I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as it was but well and so that's one of the things that I actually wrote down that was one of my notes and so we'll jump in uh, to actually discussing the movie so one of my notes is that the movie does a really fantastic job at kind of playing with your expectations mm -hmm. and again like you see the opening credits and it's like 
at least when the first time I saw it, I went in knowing very little. I knew that Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. I knew that Samuel Jackson was in it. I knew, um, you know, I knew the actors basically. And so you see that opening sequence, and he saves Django, and he's like, you know, I have these three brothers that I need to kill, and so we're gonna go kill these three brothers, and then I will give you your freedom. And it's like, okay, there's a plot. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of under the impression that like that was gonna be the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe Samuel Jackson's one of, or maybe Leon- Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the brothers, and something else and then they just like go and kill him in like 15 minutes <laughs> like okay so i guess we're just not gonna use that plot line <laughs> but it's somehow it's so great mm-hmm. in the blue suit oh my god <laughs> oh my and gosh. like i don't know so that was one of the things that i wrote down is that it, the movie is constantly playing with your expectations you expect it to be one thing and it just isn't in the same way like even in the scene after uh, when they get into the town the first time mm-hmm. and, you know, he, he's, can we get a beer for two weary travelers? And he's like, make sure you bring the sheriff. Like, you think he's just being cheeky and he just shoots the dude. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just I feel like the whole screenplay is impossible to predict. Mm-hmm. It's just too wacky. Yeah. Which is what makes it so great. So good. I know. I even wrote in my notes like I couldn't get enough of Django's blue suit. Like, oh my gosh, it wasn't in it enough. When it shows him first in the blue suit, like I just died. And, and it you was could just, just you could tell he was so excited to wear that. <laughs> yeah. It was so beautiful. I loved it. I know. And then he just goes and kills a bunch of people. Well, and even the best part <laughs> is when the when the lady is showing him around. She's like, "You're a free man, yeah." He's like, "Yeah." You choose to dress like that. <laughs> Also, for some reason, I don't know who gave Quentin Tarantino the pass, but uh, like, how does he get away with writing screenplays like this? Like this movie, I, I'd wager it's hard to find a movie that has more uses of the N-word than this movie. Yeah, yeah. let's see how it says. Is that a trivia item? It is a trivia item. I'm it stealing is, all your trivia. Set, no, you're good. You're setting me up for it. Holds the record for the most uses of the N-word. Holds um, the record. I called it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> With 116 uses. 116 wow. uses. That's yeah. too many. That's. That I mean, it works with the movie, many. but that's a lot. I mean, one out of any white person's mouth is too many. Too that's for sure. Yes. Many. Yes. But 116. That's astronomical. Yeah. Um. But that I don't know. It's just like he just does such a good job. I don't know. Like I can't explain it like it it makes sense in the time period so i guess that's it but like you have to be quentin tarantino to walk into a a production studio and be like here's my screenplay (laughs) 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 and get money for this movie yeah (laughs) yeah you know what i mean get jamie fox and samuel jackson on and jamie fox by the way killing it it. so good (laughs) he was really good killing it um, I don't know. What's does anybody know his acting career at all? Um, he did Ray and uh, Annie does about a year ago. Which does he play Ray Charles and Ray? Yes. And Carrie Washington's also in that one too. Is she? Mm-hmm. Good for her. They play husband and wife in that one too. Hmm. Maybe they should just get married. Um. Oh, and he was in Baby Driver. Oh, that's right. Um, I didn't actually see that, but I heard it was good. You should. It's a really good one. 
And he played uh, Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man. I kind of try and forget about that. <laughs> I'm sure he does too. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't. He was in Jarhead. He was in the video short for Gold Digger. Because that's his song. Collateral. He kills it in Collateral. I'm looking at you. We've seen. Oh my heavens. Becca has the single worst (laughs) memory when it comes to movies ever. I really do. It's so bad. Do you remember now? No, I don't. It's got Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx is the cab driver and Tom Cruise is a hitman. Yes. It's the one that I always confuse with another movie. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) I do. Yes. I know what you're talking about. He's really good. He is really good. That is a good movie. He's in Ali. Does he not play Ali in Ali? No, that's Will Smith. Is it Will Smith? Mm Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Will Smith was the first choice for Django. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been bad. Yeah, I agree. That would have been bad. Quentin Tarantino, yeah. you, you would have messed up on that. Yeah. He just, he he's too have, goofy. He, he's too goofy, mm-hmm. yeah. Because the, the thing with Django is he plays it so close to the chest. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a lot more subtle. That's what I was going to say. So he gives a very, a very deep and a very subtle performance mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. When he's like... Because he... He's he's so stone faced both with Schultz and then when he's playing the character of Django Freeman, mm-hmm. you know, when he's being a not very nice boy, <laughs> you could put it that way. <laughs> he's just so stone faced, but it's every single time that he's talking about his wife or he sees his wife or anything with Bramhilda, he his expression changes and it's but it's not even it's it's not explicit it's like you see it in his eyes Mm -hmm. it's just i don't know it's it's like you said it's a really really subtle performance but he's like it's like tom cruise in tropic thunder what does he say he's like i'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude like that's jamie (laughs) fox in this movie (laughs) well and i feel like that's when you like know the best actors and actresses is like when they can just act with their eyes so well like that Mm -hmm. and like such a great performance. Who else's performance stood out to you guys? Apart from Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Christoph Waltz was so good in this. Um, I honestly can't decide if I like him more in this or in Inglorious Pastors. I'm pretty sure it's probably this. I don't know. He's so good in both. But, I mean, he did win the Oscar for this one. Did so. he win for both of them? I don't think so. If he didn't win for... He may have been nominated. If he didn't win, I'll look it up. You keep talking. Kay. I feel like we need to watch Inglorious Bastards now. I know I've seen it recently, but... You need to watch it all the time. It's so good. That's such a good one. Um, And then Leo, he was good. He yeah. He was really good. He did good. Um, he did win it for Inglorious Bastards. Oh, shoot. Well, <laughs> now I can't decide. <laughs> if the Oscars won't decide for As you. As we will discuss in a moment, the Academy is often wrong. That's true. So. Very true. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, like, the classic thing that everyone talks about with this movie is when, um, Leonardo cuts his hand on the glass and he keeps acting, which is so good. I Did you know that, Becca? No, I didn't. You didn't he know He actually cut yeah, his you hand. Yeah, you want to run it through it? Yeah, so that scene, um, when he's yelling at them after he figures out their plan, and uh-huh. he smacks the table, he smacks the glass, and he cuts his hand, and there's, ac- that's his actual blood. Wow. I, d- I read... In the trivia, that it's not his actual blood when he smears it on. That is correct because that's, that's a health good. risk. Yeah, that's, that's very good. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things that say that is his real blood, but it' pretty sure it's not. But still, the fact that he can slice open his hand and keep acting, 
Well, and it's really cool. I wish that we, this was like a video podcast because then we could like pull it up on YouTube or something. But he like, he's like so lost in it. So he slams it down and it shatters and he's like still yelling at them. And then after he's, somebody says something, it's like after his little monologue is done and he's done yelling, there's this look on his face when he looks at his hand Mm -hmm. and you can see it. He's like, Oh, (laughs) he doesn't necessarily break character, but like he looks and it's like, it's an actual look of surprise because he actually just sliced his hand open. So yeah, in that take, he actually did slice his hand open and then Tarantino loved it so much that he got him fake blood, which he smears on Kerry Washington's Mm -hmm. face. And he also accidentally smacked himself with the hammer. No, he didn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In that same scene, when, one of the, like the first takes he was messing with the hammer the metal part broke off came up and hit him in the head and then after that they got him a foam hammer because That's he's just too accident prone apparently <laughs> today i learned leonardo dicaprio is a klutz he's a real clumsy guy <laughs> good heavens get That's it together awesome. man um i said this as he was being introduced and i do stand by it though that steven is the best character in this movie he was really good. And I can't repeat even a third of his lines without feeling like a horrible person, but he just <laughs> goes and goes and goes and goes. He was a great character. Nobody else could have played that. Yeah. No. Nobody else. <laughs> he's freaky looking. He just like looked really ashen and with like his, his eyes. Were they put a really lot scary. of makeup on him. They put this. a lot, but it works. It looks really yeah. good. Oh, man. And like when he's so funny though because like i mean like he's a slave but he's like convinced himself that he's not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so even like when he pulls candy into the office and he's sitting there with his legs crossed and he's got the glass of bourbon that he's swirling around i'm like you're a gosh darn super villain and he's like you're welcome yeah (laughs) me telling you this exactly like you think you're a super villain and this man literally owns you (laughs) like jeez man the mind games um but yeah, apart from that, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Who was your favorite character? Hmm. Probably. I can say Steven because that's the right answer. But. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go with Dr. King Schultz. Actually I was actually just going to say that too. I think it would be like Dr. Schultz, Django, and then Steven. That would be my order. Yeah, I'd have to say so too. I love Candy. He's really yeah. Good. They were all so good. There's a lot. Of, I don't know. There's just a lot of subtleties in the script as well. Um, moments that could be throwaway that aren't. But like when they're walking up the steps, and um, Schultz is like, "Is there anything I should know?" He's like, "He prefers to be called Monsieur Candy," <laughs> and he starts talking in French. And he's like, "Oh, don't speak French to him. You'll embarrass him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think. Sam, uh, Steven's probably my favorite, and then Django, and Schultz, and then Jonah Hill. Obviously. <laughs> I still, that's, I wrote that down, the, the, that freaking scene is so maybe good. my favorite scene in the movie. I have never I just watch it heard anything about this scene, but it was so fantastic, and before it came on, you were just like, oh my gosh, this scene, this scene, I was, okay, I have no idea what could happen, and it was so great. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I know. I was like, it's just a raid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let me get up there. 
Now, not discounting the work whatever his <laughs> wife did, and I'm sure she worked very hard, but it is difficult to see in the hoods. Like, this time we'll go without, next time we'll, we'll do it, it better. better. <laughs> and even, she's like, I saw my wife slave away all day making 36 hoods, and there is no gratitude. Y'all never ask me for anything ever again. <laughs> It's just, just like a pause in the movie. It's just, it's just like a bunch of people. That scene would have been cut from any other movie. Uh-huh. Well, and it literally, it's after the raid already started. It like backs up. Yeah. It shows them like all running in. Yeah. And then it backs up to that. I love it. Mm, so good. And then they just all get blown up. They just all get blown up. <laughs> and that that was, um, so I got to say, that, that scene is kind of a turning point for me in the movie. Um, and I think it is slightly important if if I'm reading the movie right. I think that it's it's an important piece of development for Django, and that's the uh, I have a theory. It's a working theory, so it might not be perfect, but this is a superhero movie. All right. In the way that I see it, um, Django is a superhero. I can get behind that. Candy's a supervillain. Yeah. Because he's just cartoonish. Like, mm-hmm. he's just ridiculous. Like, think of every single just atrocious quality that you can fit into a human being, and he's got them all. Yeah. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> and, like, Django, he rises from nothing, and he's just, like, supernaturally gifted. Like, he can instantly, he's instantly a sniper with, like, these horribly mm-hmm. inaccurate 19th century rifles. <laughs> and, like,. You know, because that was the first—that's the first time that we see him shoot, mm-hmm. and so Schultz is about to kill him, about to kill um, Big Daddy, as they call him, <laughs> and he—he uh, he gives the gun to Django, and Django just like nails it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, he's literally never shot a gun before, most likely. Yeah. Well, Schultz is even like, he's getting away. He's yeah. Getting away. He's like, I got, I got it. it. I got it. I yeah. Got yeah. Speaking of Big Daddy, this is the big house. <laughs> Big Daddy calls it the big house because he's big. <laughs> Again, just a little bit of throwaway dialogue. That's so good. Oh, man. Yeah. I just, I love the drama in this movie. Like, everything is so dramatic mm-hmm. and it just works it's so very, well. Very, very campy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's filmed almost like a B movie, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's a great movie so good um what was i gonna say oh the the other thing that led me towards that conclusion is that the music makes it seem like a superhero movie to me because it's there's not really any score if i'm not mistaken i think it's all like original songs or like tupac <laughs> during the end shootout <laughs> and rick ross yeah i think yeah i think that's i don't really remember much of a score because yeah i don't think there's a score it's just like songs, but like mm-hmm. the songs are about the characters. Mm-hmm. So like there's like the, the song about Django, obviously at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, his name was King and he <laughs> did ride a horse or whatever. <laughs> like that one. So that, like, so there's these songs about the characters as you're watching the characters. Uh-huh. And like, I don't know that to me, I was like, this is just so cheesy, but it works so I well. I know it. That's it's, I'm just like still so amazed because any other movie, that had songs like that or gore like that, I'd just be like, okay, I'm out. This is mm-hmm. stupid. 
but it I was worked I was a little so worried well. the first time that somebody got, uh, at the first scene when he pops the dude's head and it just explodes <laughs> and you started laughing I was like okay we're gonna be okay <laughs> I was just so surprised I was like what and then he just explodes the horse too oh like I don't think that's what happens what when someone gets have you shot got there, <laughs> well no and my favorite one well, I, I know this is at the end, and you mentioned it when we were watching the movie is when Candy's sister gets blown. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my heavens. And she just is, like, on a cord and gets yanked. <laughs> it's just so funny. So ridiculous. It's just, it's not even at the right angle. It's I know. Like, no, he... But what, that's what makes it so much better. It's just so outrageous. I think I think it's, a like, a 19-way tie for me, but another one that comes to mind is at the end when there's the guy... Who like keeps getting his legs shot? Oh, he's like sitting in front of the <laughs> yeah, door. Yeah, he's like laying in front of the door, and everybody just keeps shooting his legs. And, and he's every still time, alive. Every time the like... leg just like explodes. <laughs> and then um, I don't know. That leads me. So another one of the things that I wrote down is that um, basically like just how awesome the 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 color is in this movie and the way that blood is used to really uh, kind of paint the movie there's so many sections where there's so many sequences where blood is used so effectively like when uh when they kill the third brother and he's running away Mm -hmm. on his horse and he shoots him and you see him explode all over the (laughs) cotton like that's such a it's honestly just such a beautiful shot yeah like oh i've seen that shot before and i was so excited for that part because I just think it's so pretty, which is probably really so telling. So to watch that guy blow just up. That blood is so beautiful. He's kind of a, he's kind of a douche. That's well, true. sure. Um, but even like when they come back from the funeral, and the whole house is just like I love that still covered in blood. In blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, even just like during the whole shootout, I was just like laughing because the blood is just like splattered on all the walls, <laughs> just exploding and, and like yeah. As I'm saying, it's a superhero movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way he doesn't get hit in that. And, like... I know. It, to- it totally is. I definitely agree with that. Because he's just, like, invincible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess to kind of take it another way, but, like, back to what you were saying about how it plays with your expectations. Like, first time seeing it, and all of a sudden he gives up, and they show him just, like, hanging upside down the next day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what? Why is it serious? Like... That's not how this is supposed yeah. to end. He's invincible. He's supposed to kill everybody and take the girl. And I was just like, so like, like kind of disappointed. But then it kept going and obviously mm-hmm. he's awesome and it worked out in the end. But like, I was just like, why is this happening? <laughs> yeah, well, I had seen this before and I even forgot that part. So after the shootout, when he gives himself up, I was like, okay, so he's just going to like pull out a whole bunch of guns. Yeah, and just there's another shoot. half hour in the yeah, movie. Yeah, which, I mean, it's still great. But I was just like, yeah, when I saw him, when it like fades to black, I was just like, it's not over, is it? And yeah, just the way that they play with your emotions throughout, just it kind of builds the tension for that final explosion. Well, and I even noticed in that like Which is next so great. Scene, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But, like, the colors change a little bit in the next scene where it is serious. Like, it's just, like, a completely different feel for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then it, like, goes back. Well, they do that a few times. um, And it is when the the tone shifts at certain points. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is flashbacks when you you see back into 
like when Django and Broomhilda or when Broomhilda was getting whipped and, Jen, and Django is like begging the guy or even it does the same color shift when she's getting taken out of the hot box. Mm-hmm. Like when you're supposed to feel for these characters, the colors do shift uh-huh. and it becomes more subtle as the film goes on and the flashbacks is really dramatic. But as it later in the film, it becomes a little bit more subtle, the shifting of the colors, but there is a color shift when you're supposed to feel serious and i think i appreciate that because then like i don't know it's not just like an entire movie like making light of slavery and Mm -hmm. you know i don't know correct (laughs) i don't think that anybody would say that it makes light of it i know i i don't know the right words but like it's about slavery but i'm laughing the entire time Mm -hmm. you know like it just doesn't yeah like you can laugh that hard during 12 years of slave yeah exactly that movie that's a tough that's that is a tough one. one. That's one I don't know that I can watch again. Really? I would have to give Haven't myself a good twice? few months. 12 Years a Slave? No, I've just seen it when we watched it. Oh, really? Yeah. I just bought it because it won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And it was cheap. I was like, well, I can buy it for four ninety nine, or I can rent it for five ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, That was another thing that I wrote. Um, Where am I? How did I word it? Uh... The ability to transition between comedy and horror and at times meld the two, mm-hmm. I think is kind of what we're talking about at this point. I think specifically back to, um, and he does it, it's, it's almost like an on-off switch between like comedy and horror at some points. I think specifically to, when I wrote that down was when they're going to Candyland mm-hmm. and you're laughing because Django is talking down to the slavers and making them feel stupid or whatever. And then... Like, all of a sudden, dude's getting torn apart by dogs. Yeah. And then it flips back, and we're laughing again. And then, mm-hmm. like, and then you see Brimhilda getting taken out, and it's serious again. And then it's funny, and then it's serious and funny and serious. And then you have these moments, like the end, the end shootout, where it's totally horrific. Just all of these people dying. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. So this movie has, and Tarantino in general, has a really unique ability to blend both horrific and comedic elements that i think this movie exemplifies extremely well and there's just a million different tonal shifts and then times where it's i don't know where, where they mix the two and mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know if any other situation with any other people working on this film would have worked out the way that it did mm-hmm. like tarantino's got a flair stars just like aligned and everything worked out perfectly yeah (laughs) i was just trying to imagine what this movie would be like if it didn't have that comedic tune to it and oh that sounds awful like i would just feel we know it's 12 years a slave oh that's true (laughs) except he wasn't a bounty hunter that's true but like i would just leave feeling like garbage after that just Mm -hmm. like but they just make it work so well, well. I feel like that's the only way you can deal with that much death in a movie. Like, <laughs> I wonder how many people were killed in this um, movie. Let me see. Is that a fact? Is yes. that a trivia? Body count 69. Wow. 69. Oh, nice. <laughs> let's see. Um, oh, shoot. Where'd it go? Oh, no. Trivia corner. Trivia corner. It's taking a long time here. There's so much trivia. There's a lot. Okay. Um, Dr. King Schultz gets about 23 kills, and then Django gets about 38. 38. Wow. Yeah. Record to beat. But seriously, like, that's the only reason why this movie is watchable. Like, the the way they handled the gore is the only reason why this is watchable. If it was, like, real, mm-hmm. no way. Yeah. Uh-uh. 
Yeah, and I think it does it does some really interesting things with the characters and their motivations as well. Mm-hmm. Basically, every single character in the movie, except for Django, is brought down by one of two things. And it's either um, money or pride. Yeah. Mm. So, like... Or both. Or <laughs> both in the case of Candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even, like, Schultz is brought down by his pride. At the mm-hmm. end, he just won't shake his hand. Mm-hmm. Like, he would he would literally rather die Yeah. than shake his hand. Because when he pops him, like, he knows. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He, he, well, he, he doesn't even, even try to, like, yeah. protect himself he even or turns kill to him. that He's other like, guy. I couldn't resist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. And Django is only saved from it because his motivator is love. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's... That's the true meaning of life, guys, is love, love. not greed yeah. or pride. That's what I'm saying. It's, it is interesting, though, the way that he, like, you could just watch it and be entertained or whatever, but if you think about it for a second, like, that's how Django was able to break the cycle. Mm-hmm. Because every single other character was motivated by either money or pride. And a lot of times the two blended together. Well, like at the big shootout at the end, like it seems like he's about to die, you know, for his pride and for his cause. And then they bring out his wife and he's totally fine to give everything up and not let his pride get in the way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's cool. Just like Harry Potter, love (laughs) 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 is the most powerful. You're a wizard, Harry. (laughs) Let's do those movies. Um, but there's, I don't know, so there's a, a few scenes, oh, I'm not going to do all of them, there's so many. Um, there's a few scenes that I want to talk about um, that I thought were excellent. Um, obviously, we talked about the I can't see scene. <laughs> I just, I, that movie, <laughs> that freaking scene is so good. Um, the flashbacks we already talked about, the opening sequence we already talked about. Um, let's see. Oh, this one stood out to me, and I was curious if it stood out to you guys. The scene where uh, Schultz meets Brumhilda. Oh, Did yeah. Did that stand out yeah. to you guys in any way? I'm curious your thoughts one. before I say mine. Well, I I'm just thought to, it was... I'm, I'm putting you guys on the spot, but... Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that was, like, the first time in the movie where Schultz showed, like... Maybe not the first time, actually. There was a couple times. But he showed, like, a more, like, sensitive side. And, like, he wasn't just, like, completely calm and collected. He was, like, oh, wow. Like, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, yeah, He like, says it a few times, but not even in, like, a creepy way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he's, like, surprised and, like, genuinely just, like, like taken aback almost at this experience or whatever. So I just thought that was, like, an interesting side of his character. And even, like, he's he keeps, like basically telling um laura to shut up yeah like she keeps trying to she speaks german yes that's very good uh-huh. <laughs> speak some german to him oh yep good she speaks german right <laughs> like i don't know it was it was an interesting turn for his character i think that he he gets caught up i think in this legend because when he tells um Django the legend of brumhilda and he's like What's the what's the guy's name in the story? Starts with an S. Mm, I don't know. I don't remember. Basically, he's like it's he's like it's not every day you meet a real life 
whatever the guy's name in the story is, I don't remember. <laughs> and he gets caught up in this story and he hears about Brumhilda and like finally meeting her face to face, it turn I think that it surprises him like how emotional of an experience it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's also an important um, scene for the movie because I don't think the old Dr. Schultz would have just like paid $12,000, you know, yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, he even says um, at the campsite, one of the campsite scenes, he's like, you know, I've never given a man his freedom, but now that I have, I feel slightly responsible for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, I love the awesome word he he says phrase. vaguely responsible. And <laughs> I love I love that word like vaguely <laughs> responsible. I loved it. <laughs> it's a good way to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah. Um I actually think that we that we managed to get through all of the scenes. Um the last thing that I had on my list that we haven't covered is Leo. Mm. Um as we all know, or as we all should know, Leo won the Oscar for lead actor in The Revenant, mm-hmm. which um, is kind of garbage. Um, not that he wasn't good in that movie, but if you're going to give it to anybody in that movie, give it to Tom Hardy. Not, I mean, he would get supporting, obviously, but um, <laughs> where am I going with this? Right. Um what are your favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performances? Um, I think he's really good in Gangs of New York. He's really oh, good yeah. in that one. I and I also just I love um, I don't know. It's probably more of like a nostalgic thing, but I love him in that uh, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo mm. plus Juliet. Romeo you mean? plus Juliet. Isn't that Baz Luhrmann <laughs> that does that? Yeah. 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 And I don't like. That's just kind of one movie that. I've always loved since I was like a teenager. Um, what else is he in? So I would say I'll I'll jump in here. He's he's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just so he was not, but he was nominated for The Wolf of Wall Street. He was nominated for Blood Diamond, nominated for Aviator, and nominated for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He's really good in that one. I haven't seen that. It's a, it's an okay movie. I'd say he's the strongest part of it. Um, but what I will say is I think that this is probably tied for me with Wolf of Wall Street as far as my favorite performance of his. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Um, my problem with Leo as an actor, he's a great actor and he does he uh, he puts on a great performance. But in a lot of his performances you look at him and you see Leo Mm-hmm. like gangs in new york for example he does a great job in that mm-hmm. but i look at his character and i see leo mm-hmm. or even like inception i look at it and i'm like oh that's leonardo dicaprio yeah i feel like wolf of wall street or even the revenant it's like oh there's leo mm-hmm. he's eating a buffalo liver but it's leo <laughs> but i feel like this and wolf of wall street and i think a lot of it is the uh i think it, it's different things for each one i think in wolf of wall street it's the screenplay that they basically just wrote a charismatic Leo. Um, and then in this one, the costume and makeup and hairstyling and everything. I think that these are the two roles more than any other that you see Leo disappear into the role. So when I watch it, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm watching Leo. I feel like I'm watching Calvin candy. Mm-hmm. And there are some, there's just some actors that are better at that than others. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, 
and unfortunately as good of a performance as he puts on he has a hard time disappearing into a role i feel like and that might be an unpopular opinion people might disagree with me but those are my opinions um and i feel like this as well as wolf of wall street are the 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 roles that he really manages to disappear into and he wasn't even nominated for this one bummer Um, at one point he's yelling in the movie and his voice kind of squeaks. Yeah. And like that just honestly took me back to Romeo plus Juliet. I was just like, oh, that it kind of pulled me out of the scene and being invested in Candy as a character. Because even when he yells, he manages to keep that accent though. Yeah. Which is nuts. But just that one little I, I know I know exactly the moment you're talking yeah. about though. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, have either of you guys seen Wolf of Wall Street? Nope. It's a rough one as well. That's what I hear. But it's incredible. Okay, I'll put it on my list for next year. Watch it without your parents. I don't. I don't even tell my parents I watch some of these movies. Just as Just as Django <laughs> Unchained <laughs> holds the record for the N word, Wall Street holds it for the right? F word. Yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> it's It's like what is it like? I think it's like four hundred. Like, no, it can't be that high. It's something here. I'm I'm gonna look it up. It's It's some ridiculous amount. Um. Oh, uh, 569. Oh, 569. The movie is three hours long. So 569 divided by 180. 569 divided by 180. That is an average of three per minute. Oh, my God. Wow. For the entirety of the movie. I don't know if I could do that. That's insane. Also, Margot Robbie gets naked. So if you have a problem with that. <laughs> mm. I'm sure um, some people don't. But it's an incredible movie. Like, Also, Jonah Hill is in that. Does a great job. <laughs> love me. S- I, I love Jonah Hill as a, as a dramatic actor. I think he's super, super underrated as a dramatic actor. Um, I don't think I've seen him. In any dramatic roles. Really? Not that I can think of. Because I haven't seen Moneyball or... Oh, that's a shame. Oh, yeah, I haven't either. Let's see. Um, War Dogs. No. He's quite good in War Dogs. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Django, Moneyball. Moneyball was kind of his first big dramatic role, Uh and he kills it in that. But yeah, I loved... Jonah Hill has been nominated for two Oscars. Get out of town. Wow. Wolf of Wall Street and Moneyball. Okay. Didn't win either of them. Makes what sense. What a gosh darn shame. Um, you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? Um. Before we move on to the Oscars? Um, I don't think so. I was just very, very surprised with this movie and just loved it and would recommend it to most people, I think. Most people that have not a soft stomach but for language and violence oh yeah yeah well the violence part doesn't like i don't really love gore mm-hmm. it usually bothers me but like it's just funny and i don't know i guess i just didn't i mean besides the n-word i didn't notice the language yeah all right now let's talk about the gosh darn train wreck that was the 2013 academy awards here we go because some poo-poo head went ahead and gave it to Argo. I've never seen that, and I have no interest in seeing that It's one. fine. It's just Ben Affleck, and I'm like, no Like, thanks. that's the start and end of it. Like, it's fine. Mm. Yeah. 
This movie was like far and above most movies I've ever seen. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like it should have won. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's just like it's it's fine, and it's one of oh what is it? It's one of four times that the best picture winner has not also won best director mm-hmm. four times. He wasn't even nominated. He wasn't even nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, and it, it, maybe that's it. It's 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 one of like a very few times that. It won Best Picture and was not even nominated for Best mm-hmm. Director, which is fine because the movie, again, is just fine. Because here's the thing. These are the movies that should have won before Argo won. Um, Lincoln and Silver Linings Playbook is a better movie than Argo. And Django Unchained and Zero Dark Thirty, even though I don't love that movie, it's a better movie than Argo. <laughs> I would agree with all of that. I've never, I, I haven't seen the film version of Les Mis, but that's also nominated. And I've heard, the, I've heard that Life of Pi is really special as well, but I haven't seen, I haven't that. seen that one. I haven't seen it I've either. I've seen Beasts of the Southern Wild. That one was pretty good. I mean, I don't have, I can't compare it to Argo. Yeah. Um, also, I just looked it up as well, as long as I'm on this. Uh, the year that Leo won Best Actor, it was just a stacked category because what garbage selections. It was Leo for The Revenant, Brian Cranston for Trumbo, Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl, Matt Damon for The Martian, and Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. That's so not who are you going to give it to? That's not the only other person that it could have gone to is Michael Fassbender, I think. But that's just me. Um, so yeah, so Argo won Best Picture. And I think that... Was that all that it won? Won three Oscars. Let's see, what did Argo win? Because this is the only time we're going to talk about Argo on this podcast. <laughs> Um, best picture, adapted screenplay, and editing. Meh. Hmm. Meh. Um, Daniel Day Lewis won for actor in a leading role, which is pretty much just a given. If Daniel Day Lewis is in a movie, he mm-hmm. will win best actor. Um, unless that movie is The Phantom Thread. <laughs> um, holy cow. A nine year old was nominated for. Best actress that year. Mm-hmm. That's crazy sauce. Wow. Yeah, she's pretty good memory. Jennifer Lawrence won for Silver Linings Playbook, which again tells you there probably wasn't too many great selections because she's fine in that movie, but best actress? I don't know. Uh, Christoph Waltz won for Supporting Actor. Anne Hathaway won for Les Mis. Ang Lee won for Best Director for Life of Pi. And then this one, best adapt, ad, best original screenplay, Argo won. Adapted screenplay, even though that probably should have gone to Lincoln. Cinematography went to Life of Pi, which, I've, again, I've heard that that movie is, like, gorgeous. Yeah, it's I pretty. haven't seen it, so. It's pretty gorgeous. Um, Skyfall was nominated, so I guess check hmm. another nomination for Roger Deakins. He finally won for Blade Runner. For cinematography? Yeah. That one is pretty good. Um, sound mixing, Les Mis won. Editing went to that. Yeah. So uh, basically, we can all agree that the 2013 Oscars were a pile of horse crap apart from Christoph Waltz winning Supporting Actor. Yes. Academy, you messed up that year. You came back. You gave it to Moonlight (laughs) two years later, three years later, whatever. You did a good job. Gave it to The Shape of Water. That's a fine choice. Yes, yes. Should have been Blade Runner, but... No, no. We're past that now. Shape of Water was a fine choice. You gave it to Spotlight. That's a great choice. Um, 
We're just going to go through and rate all of their best picture winners. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Um, let's see. So, before we move on to Trivia Sid, is there trivia left? Let's see. Um, yeah, there were a few okay. that I liked. So, we will do our ratings, and then we'll move on to our next segment. We're doing the podcast in segments now. Jeez, okay. Spring this on. Yeah, so one of the segments Kay. is Trivia Sid. Trivia Sid, here we I go. I need you to come up with Let's a... Let's get me a theme song. As I was going to say, we're going to get you a theme song. Yes. It's going to be great. So, yes. Becca, uh, final opinions and score out of 10. Final opinion. Well, same as the beginning that I said, the entire movie was amazing and a total ride, and most people should watch it, and I would give it a 9.5 quite the rating yes wow so very good go um like i said don't watch this on clear play you'll miss out all the best parts um yeah i thought it was so good um i'll have to watch inglorious bastards to see which one's my favorite now um but yeah i would highly recommend this to anyone who is fine with blood and profanity okay oh wait and oh. i'd give it nine point Two. We got a 9.2. We got a 9.5. Now, as you all know, there are certain movies that are 10 out of 10. <laughs> what are they? Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049. Tree of Life? Tree of Life. Okay. There will be blood. <laughs> These movies are few and far between that are rated a 10 out of 10. I would rate Inglorious Bastards a 10 out of 10. That's a spoiler for if we ever cover that movie. We should. Yeah, please do that one. I'm just excited to watch that now. And I would give Inglorious Bastards a 10 out of 10 for one reason and one reason only. And that is the fact that we get to hear Brad Pitt say, Arrivederci. Because <laughs> that... Grazie. Grazie. Like... <laughs> Gorlami. <laughs> um, but no, I do. I think that Inglorious Bastards is, again, the best screenplay mm-hmm. in the last 15 years. I would give Django Unchained... Only because I do feel the need to assert the superiority of Inglorious Bastards, I would give Django Unchained a 9.89. We'll round up. A 9.9. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I think that lands us somewhere in the 9.4-ish range, probably. Or maybe 9.5-ish. I don't know. Split the difference. It's a good movie. Yes, it's it a is. Good one. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. So now... Um, that's it right there thank you so much for that beautiful entrance you're very welcome um okay just a few um this is quentin tarantino's longest shooting schedule which was 130 days how long is that uh help me out here i went to pace and high i don't know like okay, over Google. That's four. Five. How many months is 130 days? Five, oh. Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Uh, Google doesn't. I go to well, college. 120. I graduated from college. Divided I by promise. 30 is four. How many months is 136 so it's days? It's like four months and ten days. Four point four seven one months. There okay. you go. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's a long. That's a long time, especially because a lot of it's outdoors and it's in wyoming of all places hey. <laughs> i've spent a week in there and i'm good with that no they spent four months there oh. 
They should have got way more Oscars just for that. Well deserved. Okay. Um, another one that I thought was really funny is um. Uh, okay, Quentin Tarantino decided, in the best interest of audiences, to tone down the film's violence. This was the toned down version of the original cut. Are you telling me that we watched the clear play version? Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he said that maybe down the line he would release director's cut, which I hope he does because that would be amazing. Quentin Tarantino, open invitation. You ever want to come on the podcast talk about the director's cut of Django Unchained? We will allow you. (laughs) Have a private screening and then we'll talk about it. Donald Glover and... Dev Patel. Dev Patel, also welcome. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh, Christoph Waltz set the record of the longest performance to ever win an Academy Award for a supporting role. At yeah, I was going to say, but nominating him for supporting feels weird. I think that they're co-leads. Uh-huh. I would agree with That's that. That's what I was thinking. Because, I mean, a lot of great supporting roles win Oscars. Um, like, uh, was it Mahershala, Mahershala Ali? Oh. <gasps> He's so good in that, but he's only in it for 20 minutes. He makes that mo- that scene. We'll talk about Moonlight at some point, mm-hmm. but gosh Please. darn it. That scene where it's the end of the first chapter. and When they're in the ocean? No, when they're in his house. Okay. And he, um, oh, what's the kid's name? Oh, Chiron? Yeah. Chiron? Chiron, whatever. Okay. The main kid is talking to Mahershala Ali. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how his mom is on drugs. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can see how much that hurts him. And then he looks at, at Mahershala Ali and he's like, he's like, oh, you sell drugs? And, like, the look that Mahershala Ali gets that he just, like, feels how much he's disappointed this kid that means so much. That that moment right there makes that movie for me, hands uh, down. We got to watch that one we again. Moonlight, yeah, is, we Moonlight is so good. So good. Deserving of Best Picture yeah. that year. Not La La Land. I love La La Land, but no. It's great, but okay. Moonlight was better. It's true. Um, so yeah, Christoph Waltz, uh, his performance is an hour and six minutes and 17 seconds. Wow, that's pretty specific. Uh, also, do you guys know who has the record for the shortest performance? No. Did win an Oscar? Actually, I think, I it's, like I I think he know. won for lead. I think you've told me this before, but I don't I know. I feel like I might know. Hang on. Let me... Ugh. I need to confirm here with myself. Um, I think he won for, I think he has the award for, the one I'm thinking of is the award for lead actor. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that's right. So this one is, uh, do you guys know who has the record for the shortest performance to win a lead actor or Oscar? Nope. Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. He's only in it for like Oh yeah. 17 minutes or something okay. like that. I did. Oh. I kind of knew that. Um, okay, let's see, what else? Um, so one thing that I thought was funny is, uh, Leo, he was really uncomfortable with this role, because it's just throwing around racial slurs everywhere, and he hasn't played a villain in a long time, um, so, even, ever, right? The thing that I saw is the last time he played a villain was, uh, is it the boy in the iron mask? Man in the iron mask? Yeah, he's, he's, he's but I think that's about it, um, but so that. Samuel L. Jackson and Quentin Tarantino had to like pull him to the side and be like, you got to buckle down and do this. Because if you don't 
give your all, you're going to regret it, and everyone else is going to regret it and hate you for it. Yeah, like so you're going to mess up our movie, dude. So then he just went and mutilated his hand. Well, he does play the villain in J. Edgar. He plays J. Edgar Hoover. Hmm. Real villain of American history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's a terrible person, Revolutionary Road. Oh, yeah. Um, and let's see. Um, okay, I have two more. Um, two more. We have, at the end, the burgundy suit that Django is wearing is the same suit that Calvin was wearing when they first met. I was oh. like 89% sure on that, and I was going to say it, but I was like, if I'm wrong, I'm going to sound so <laughs> dumb, so I'm glad you confirmed that yeah. for me. I thought so. it might have been something like that, just because he was like, so, like, he talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. like, do you like my suit? Was my color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a really good callback. And then our very last one, um, we love Quentin Tarantino, but he's got a foot fetish. And his director trademark is bare feet. So, isn't that fun? Yeah. Great way to end off Trivia Sid. That is fun. Thank you, Trivia Sid. No problem. A worka worka. Trivia Sid. <laughs> That's the ending theme song. Um, we'll now move on to our next and newest segment. And Sid doesn't know about this. This is a surprise. Um, but Do I know my anxiety is skyrocketing. We're gonna get some. I'm gonna edit in like some organs right here to be like a rising theme. <laughs> Revisionist corner. Oh yeah. This is where you have the opportunity to offer any newly formed opinions about movies that we have previously discussed at length. Ooh, I like this. So, uh, this segment, uh, in full disclosure, is being created because Becca was wrong about Hereditary. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm reading a book, The Children of Men. Oh, that's right. <laughs> That's why we have this so, corner now. Um, I'm not forcing anybody. I don't know that I have any new opinions. Um, but do you guys have any new opinions you'd like to offer about movies previously discussed? Things that you have realized, things that have come to you as you have thought more deeply about movies that we've watched. I don't even think I have any. I mean, we were talking about this just the other day because I was reading The Children of Men and it, the book is just like so weirdly different than the movie and just like silly things that we don't really have to go into but I think that I stand by all of my opinions so far from the movies we've seen except Hereditary no, is a better movie than you said it was <laughs> including Hereditary especially Hereditary <laughs> never um, I can't even I feel like I'm missing a movie. It's Slumdog Millionaire, Children of Men, Hereditary. Social Network. Social Network. Oh, That's yeah. it. Um, I don't, I don't have like really anything to revise about Social Network, but I've been watching a lot of videos lately and um about smoking meats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. Um, so one of them was like best closing shots of a movie. And one of them was uh, talking about the theme of kind of um, just kind of a somber ending, just kind of like unfulfilled. And it just kind of reiterated how great that last shot of Social Network is and how he's just refreshing the page, hoping that she'll friend him back. And yeah, we didn't talk about that. No, when we did. And that is a great shot. It's Yeah, that I think that's a very, very good way of telling of his character. And I just oh, I think it's so good. Well, and really, uh, talking about that, just kind of the full circle that the movie does, because the scene, op the movie opens with him 
dating her mm-hmm. and they're arguing in the bar mm-hmm. and then ends with him missing her. Mm-hmm. So like even though over the course of this entire movie, spoiler alert, Mark Zuckerberg got rich, <laughs> um, he's still only really focused on what he lost. And it's not even his friends that he's concerned about. It's the girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's all like when it comes down to it at the end of the movie, what he's wanting back is the girl. Yeah. That's Which interesting. I'm sure is not true because he's married now, but cinematically it's great. Yes. I really liked it. But yeah, I don't really have any revisions. All right. Thus ends revisionist corner. All right. Yeah. I'm going to throw some music in there. Um, what else have we watched guys? Oh, we saw American Animals last week. We saw American oh, yeah. Animals. We did we all did. together. Yeah. Did not expect to see and dad Peter Pants in a movie, and it was really depressing when she did. Mm-hmm. That was really sad. Yeah. Because we don't like her from Hereditary. Or Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. She's bad. Uh, she's no, full spoilers about American Animals, though. Um, I it quite liked it. Yeah, it's really good. I Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I, thought it was re- I really liked how they were telling between the actual guys in it and switching and like kind of the meta narration at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just love Evan Peters. So it was great. Which one's he? He's like the main guy. The oh, the creepy one from killing of a sacred deer. No, like the, uh, the mastermind. Oh, oh. yeah. What's he with been? the, with the, yeah. um, the T-Rex, T-Rex turning on the ceiling. He's in, um, the sleepover. If you haven't seen that one, that's a great one. That sounds atrocious. <laughs> it's, I love that movie so much. Um, Sleepover. He was a, he's a big part in uh, American Horror Story. Oh, in the first season, huh? In like all of them, actually. But it, I've only seen but the he, first season. Yeah. He plays the dead boyfriend, right? Spoilers yeah. for the first season of American Horror Story. Everyone's he's dead. dead in that show. <laughs> She's even dead. They use yeah. the same freaking twist twice, and that's when I checked out. Oh yeah, you're for right. For American Horror Story, I was like, they reveal that he's dead. And then they're like, also, she's dead. <laughs> like, you six, six cents me once, shame on me. Six cents me twice, I stopped watching your show. Um, yeah, what else have you guys watched? So we watched... Um, Quite a few movies in the past week, I feel like. Yeah, we watched No Country for Old Men. I didn't like it. Um, I need to see that one again. So the yet, first time I didn't love it. Yet so. another movie that Becca is totally wrong about. No. Nope. No Country for Old Men is a gosh darn masterpiece. Mm-mm. Also, the Academy is full of hacks because there will be blood should have won Best Picture that year. Um, Sleepover one. The best performance <laughs> in a feature film for supporting young actress. The Young Artist Award. Ali <laughs> Flynn Childress. I don't know. That I'm is. sure that did great this things. This is just like Wait, a movie that I loved when I was probably it did, 10. It did great things for her career. She's, I, she stopped acting in... Oh, no. She's on a... Uh, yikes. She's a production assistant <laughs> on The Voice. Oh, no. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That Young Supporting Actress Artist Award Wait, for The one? Sleepover. Okay. Okay. Yes, this is the movie I was thinking of. I totally watched this all the time with my cousin when I was a year ago, and I loved it. She's on an episode of Cougar Town. (laughs) Callie Flynn Childress, if you want to come on the podcast, (laughs) we should watch this movie, Sid. You're more than welcome. (laughs) She began acting when she was five years old, and now she's a production assistant. Production assistant on The Voice. Is Simon Callum nice? I don't know. (laughs) Or is he on Britain's Got Talent? 
think he's on. He's on Brain Breakdown. Breakdown. Yeah. Right. All those Facebook videos look the same, and nobody actually watches those shows. That's so true. Sorry, Callie. Nobody watches your show. <laughs> um, so what else do you guys watch? So yeah, Becca was utterly wrong about No Country for Old Men because it's a gosh darn no, masterpiece. I had a very solid opinion about it. <laughs> your opinion was that you wished you were watching Hell or High Water. Yeah, it was. I, I stand one. by that. That's it's a just really good one. The entire movie, I just like... I think yeah, I went I in... I want to watch Hell or High Water. Thinking that No Country for Old Men was a different movie. Like, I didn't know... I thought it was going to be, I don't know, a little more action-packed. So, I didn't go in with the right expectations. So, that kind of threw me off. That's so, fair. I need to watch it again. I literally thought I watched it because I thought it was Hell or High Water really, before I would, we watched it. I wouldn't it. have a problem with <laughs> your opinion, but you like Inside Lewin Davis. And I don't know how you like Inside Lewin Davis and don't like No Country for They are completely different movies. They're so similar. I don't know. Maybe it's, like, the method... Of how the story was told because Inside Blue and Davis is like so good. We need to watch it. Have you seen it? Yeah, since? that one's really good. Yeah, like that one's good. But No Country for Old Men, I guess we can do a review for this sometime too. But it just left me feeling like I wanted more that's from the sheriff. But like, no, don't <laughs> tell me that that's the point. That's literally the point. <laughs> don't tell is that me the that the sheriff that's wanted the point. more from the sheriff. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good heavens. Okay. Um, we also watched The Hurt Locker. We watched The Hurt Locker, mm-hmm. which it was my second time seeing it. Your first time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated it much more the second time than I did the first time. I actually enjoyed it, which is funny to me because, Andrew, you said that you didn't like it the first time. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fine the first time. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. But I thought... I don't know. I thought it was really good. And, like, we talked about a good, like, character story. It's a good It's a good character drama. It is not a good war movie. Yeah. So if you want a good war movie, go elsewhere. If you want a cool character drama with um, Jeremy Renner just tearing it up in the lead role. But also, like, really interesting supporting characters. I don't mm-hmm. know. The, the three main dudes just play off of each other really well. And the other thing, I didn't mention this to you when we were talking about it the other night, but one thing that stuck with me um, was that I, I didn't realize how memorable every single sequence of that movie is. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't realize this, but if you had told me to just, like, from memory after watching it once, list the sequences of the movie, I could have done the whole thing from memory. Every single sequence, I was like, oh, that's right this is awesome oh this is awesome oh this is a good scene oh this is a great scene mm-hmm. and like that's not that's not really the kind of thing that you realize until you watch it again yeah but i was like every single sequence is so memorable well even just now as you're saying that i'm like thinking back through the movie and i could probably i know we only watched it like two days ago oh but, but, sure, I but could that's what i'm saying tell is you like, the whole movie tell me every single sequence in Django Unchained. we watched that an hour ago you know what i mean you probably yeah. can't do it yeah mm-hmm. like um, but again, a gosh darn travesty because it beat out Inglorious Bastards for best picture. That is a travesty. Um, also, the Academy did some sort of street drug and nominated Avatar for best picture. Ugh, man. Also, I was just having a debate with my parents about this one. <laughs> this was the year that uh, The Blind Side happened. Oh. And we, for some reason, let that happen and mm. celebrated it and gave Sandra Bullock an Oscar for it. 
Jeez. Yikes. Um, so the Academy, as much fun as it is, should have just given it to Meryl Streep. I don't know. I haven't seen any of these movies that are nominated for Best Actress apart from Sandra Bullock for The Blind Side, but Meryl Streep seems like a safe bet. What was she nominated for? Julie and Julia. She's pretty good in those. We'll give it to Helen Mirren. She could use another Oscar. She's good. Except for she did go and do, what was that dumb Winchester? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> what a steaming pile of that garbage that movie was. such a letdown. If I didn't have Movie Pass, I would have walked I out. I had Movie Pass, and I did not want to see that. That's what I'm so I had well, mo- we, we were we kind of it. excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, this looks decent. And then it was just so disappointing. I've seen a video about it, and I'm just, this is trash. And honestly, I don't even really remember what happened or why I'm disappointed in it. I just know that it was it just it wasn't it wasn't scary there was the one scare scene when like you're walking up the staircase and it turns out to lead to nothing do you remember he's like following the boy and runs up the staircase and Mm -hmm. it leads to nothing and he's like what he turns around and the kid like jumps out at him Mm -hmm. but again six cents me once shame on me six cents me twice i hate your movie (laughs) it's my new motto all right also, It's Complicated just came up as a recommended movie to me. Oh, boy. This has Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin laying in bed together, so everybody makes mistakes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we watched The Hurt Locker. We watched No Country for Old Men. What else did we watch? Did we watch anything else? I mean, in the last week, I think that's all, because we also watched Hereditary again and American Animals. I'm trying to figure out some gosh darn time to go see Sicario, too. I guess you could go tomorrow. I'll probably go tomorrow. Mm. So those are the things that we've watched. That's the thing we watched today. Um, and that is our final segment. Other topics has come to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Um, I don't have anything. I think we should, um, and I'm saying this into a recording so that we will actually do it. I think that we should kind of plan out our schedule at least a few weeks in advance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that if anybody ever listens to this they will know what's coming up and mm-hmm. can watch the movie with us that's kind a of. good idea that's smart so we would be able to say at this point join us next week when we talk about whatever we're going to talk about to be determined tbd tbd i would love to donate to tbd because <laughs> i don't know what that is you get it right yeah Arrested Development. Oh, there we go. They, yeah. Uh, they set up a charity. <laughs> or no, they set up like a charity ball. Or no, a charity a charity auction. That's right. Uh-huh. Because they always want to auction off uh-huh. Lindsay. And the charity and is TBD. And the charity is TBD. <laughs> everybody oh everybody wants to donate to TBD. <laughs> that show sounds great. Um, so yeah, that's huh? it. I think yep, everybody. Right. I think so. So thank you. If you listened, we thank you. If you didn't, you don't hear this. Okay. We don't need you. Yeah. There. I mean, we do. But come. Yes, please. please. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks to those of you who listened to this. And this is Andrew. Thanks, Molly. This is Andrew. (laughs) This is Becca. This is Sid. Signing off. Bye.